Hey, everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everybody, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 439. We are at podcast for anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ronma S. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I'm Mako-chan. And what the hell is up with the weather, I mean, last couple of days? I don't know. It was in the low 60s near me or yesterday and Tuesday. Well, t- today and uh, yesterday. I mean, not for nothing. Yesterday, I felt I was so overdressed for work. I'm just like, because I-, I leave my house, you know, hoodie, denim jacket, heavy hat. Scarf, because it's like 30 freaking degrees. I leave work and it's damn near 60. And I'm just like, yeah. Th- th- yeah. And then this- Honestly, I was kind of the same way, only uh, I just decided, you know, it's going to be high 50s earlier today, so I'll just wear the uh, simple safety vest and a shirt. I'll be fine. As I uh, trudge through the uh, bitter cold in the first hour or so. <laughs> And you're looking at the bitter cold like, okay, you know, you're just like, well, I guess I could use a windbreaker, you know? Yeah, and I'm going to say this, I want snow. But you have snow. No. I want a good snowstorm. So you want basically all that white stuff on your face. Oh, yeah. Hey, you said you wanted snow. You didn't say how you wanted the snow. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, she's going to kick my ass. You could see me. If you could see me. Oh, she's going to kick my ass for that one. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to kick your ass tomorrow for that one. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I had to up, I had to remind myself on my calendar. I'm just like, oh, right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, you know, that's why I have the calendars. So I can keep checking it. I mean, I asked you again, like, what day was it? Oh, right. You know. You have asked me what day I was going into the city, like five or six times. I could have sworn it was only two or three. No, like five or six. <sighs> and you asked me at least twice after you had already put it into your calendar eh, well <laughs> it is what it is you know mm-hmm. oh, oh man oh. we are live tonight week of tuesday february 25th right here on twitch tv you can find us here every tuesday night at 9 30 p.m at live.bugnetwork.com Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session. Also hosted by the amazing people at Vogue Network. You can find them at um, Twitch TV slash Vogue Network. Check them out. They have some amazing shows on there, too. We're proud uh, podcast affiliates. And don't forget, we have a Discord. You can find us at VogNetwork.com slash Discord. Uh, all the shows on the Vogue Network have a channel. So swing by, come talk, leave some news article, some links and stuff. You know, we'll greatly appreciate that. You know, that's how we kind of do. All right. Oh, man. We're going to go around the room with, uh, how was your week? How was your day? 
Ari, I know it's it's been like a couple weeks since you've been on the show since we had our uh, Capsicon episode. So give us a two week fill up. Uh, it's mostly work related stuff and uh, trying to uh, keep myself afloat, before, lest I uh, just go completely in the red and wonder how the hell I'm gonna pay for anything. Mm. I kind of uh, know that feel. My... Huh? I kind of know that feel. Also, tomorrow's my birthday, so I took off from work. That's because good. I don't, because Woo-hoo. I don't want to go into, because I don't want to go into work on my birthday. Understandable. And uh, I guess some like the few people I told at work had to be reminded of it because mm. either they forgot or I just didn't tell them or whatever. But uh, nonetheless, I'm just grateful for having a four day work week this week. True, I can feel I feel you on that. Uh, other than that, it's just going through some old uh, cooking appliances that I don't need. Maybe I'll just give them over to the Goodwill store near me. Well, there you I, go. I got some updated ones for Christmas that do more important, that do more things better. So, see that's something. There you go. Got a nice thick bread proofer and a uh, much more advanced smokeless grill slash air fryer. Mmm. Fair enough. So yeah, that's how things been going for me. Cool. Maka, how was your week? How was your day? Um, yeah, not horrible. Uh, set up my air fryer. Mm. Cooked my first couple of meals in the air fryer. Uh, set up my stand mixer. Put the decals on the stand mixer. Which yeah, one did you get. Which one did I get? What? Stand mixer. Um. She got the grandmama of them all. Yeah, I got a KitchenAid. And then. Uh, one I got too, like the more solid-looking base, looks like a yeah. big right angle of plastic <laughs> or metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually got mine during um, Amazon Prime Day. They had it on sale, um, but we finally set it up uh, because I've been getting gifts of accessories for it, so I really need to start using it. <laughs> Which one, the meat grinder or the uh, pasta maker? Uh, I actually got the slicer shredder. Oh, I won't use the meat grinder um, and the pasta maker. I don't do pasta, so. Some but Italian do... you hmm? are. Yeah, I'm not a big pasta fan. I, I like, you know, the other types of foods, mm. but pasta is not really my thing. But I do want to make bread with it. Um, I actually want to make bagels and uh, pizza crusts with it. And uh, I do want to get eventually the accessory for the ice cream maker. Ah, boozy ice cream incoming. Yeah. I made a pretzel. Uh, I made a pretzel dough with mine. Nice. Yeah, doughs are doughs are fairly easy with it, and then not having to actually get your hands messy is amazing. All right. Uh, let's see. My weekend day has been a little, not chaotic, but it was. It started off besides work. My weekend started pretty good. I just spent most of the time just, you know, 
catching up on some games, going through Game Pass and finding games that are on there. I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to download this and give this a spin later. And I'm going through my data recovery and like sorting photo shoots and stuff. And I'm coming across a couple of photo shoots I plan to re-edit because I think I can do a better job at it. The other ones, they've already edited and already posted, so I'm just going to leave those as is. But um, I guess I'm getting old. I somehow tweaked my back again, and this time I figured out how I did it. I tweaked my back getting out of bed Sunday morning. Ouch. Yeah, I figured it out because I usually... I usually sleep on my back for the most part. Sometimes I will just sleep on my side. And generally, when I, I guess because of the cold, I get I, I, my, I get my bed's up against the wall on the, for me, the way I sleep, the right-hand side. So generally you would get up, you would open the blankets on the left-hand side and get out. For some reason, what I do is I open up the blankets from the right-hand side and, like, spin my body around or, like, roll my body around. Kind of, like, get some type of motion going to put, get my feet, you know, to kind of get the blood pumping to get up. I think when I turned, I tweaked it, and it's like, ow. Mm. And at first, it wasn't so bad because I'm sitting down. But today at work, because I was working late, and I'm, I'm moving around, like, move like putting in new web cameras and stuff i'm just like feeling my back and you know i'm just like ow i'm gonna put something on it after the show so i can kind of relax kind of relax my back for a bit i should be good to go in about a week or so you know mm. but other than that that's basically my weekend day um let's see what else we got here uh geek life uh basically every week we kind of talk about something geeky in our lives that may connect to anime, it might not. We're just kind of be a little more well-rounded, you know? So, Ari, how, what have you been up to geek-wise? Uh, well, <clears throat> where I put it? It's more like pro wrestling and yeah, straight yeah. like anime stuff, but uh, here's one of the gifts I got for uh, my birthday. Nice. This EDP yoga plan, which uh, started out with like one of the first ones today, and it was still pretty intense. Mm-hmm. But, you know, definitely going to start doing that because, well, like one of the success stories they tell us, they tout is uh, the one like form, former uh, army paratrooper who like lost like 200 pounds doing it. Now that's good. Yeah. And you've and, been talking. Uh, yeah, go on. And Scott Hall and uh, Jake the Snake have uh, worked, have worked out with it. And uh, they, they got that, like they got cleaned up all, because of it. Yeah, and you know something? I know you've been talking about doing this for years, and I'm really gr glad that you're knuckling down and doing it. Yeah, it's kind of hard to get there sometimes because my work schedule just goes off the rail sometimes. Oh, I, to I totally get that. I totally do. Yeah, as Theo said, the guy talking about Arthur used to be on crutches and can now run again. Yeah, no, stuff good. like that. So the precedent is there. It's just going to take a really long time. Mm -hmm. Every little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, Mako-chan, what are you showing off for us this week? Um, well, as I said for my birthday, um, I guess everybody ended up with a theme. Uh, so I got a lot of Harry Potter crap. See, I and... didn't even know you, you had a theme for your birthday. 
I didn't have a theme. <laughs> I did not have a theme going. Sure. I had no idea what my cousin was doing for my cake, which I'll, all I said was I wanted cupcakes because it would make it easy. Mm-hmm. So she ended up doing the cupcakes, but in the color of the birthday cake that Haggard gave to Harry um, during the first book. Mm. And then, you know, I started getting various gifts that were Harry Potter themed. Um, So it was just, it was very weird, but kind of cool. Um, So, yeah, so this is one of the gifts I got. Uh, Some jerk asshole ended up getting it for me. Mm. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, so now I have a Hermione figure. Yeah, that jerk asshole has some pretty good taste. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Mm. He does do pretty good gifts. Yeah, I, I hear this jerk asshole is very practical and knows how to get people stuff. So, you know, that person, so when this person is giving out gifts, people should be very thankful and appreciative of him or her. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going <laughs> to slap you. <laughs> I'm going to slap the guinea out of you. <laughs> but yeah i mean other than that i have actually been just continuing on with my uh harry potter crossover fiction That's good. um yeah I, I started with avengers then i went to supernatural and then i started i actually read a couple of harry potter criminal minds crossovers Lord. now i'm back to supernatural so yeah <laughs> I can I can kind of picture a Harry Potter NCIS crossover where Snape and Abby are giving each other grief. Um, I can't say that I've seen that one, but they do have Harry Potter NCIS crossovers. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right. So, what I've been up to basically, I said I've been gaming. Um, I said I was going to try to catch up with some anime, and I haven't. Uh, I did. I think I'm caught up with Nekopara. I have to go back and see if there's another episode on Funimation. Um, gaming. So, you know, it's a while before we get it, before Zenkai Khan comes along. And I'm just like, I'm just basically moving data off the external drive to my hard drive and organizing it so I can do proper backups now. So I'm like, I need to do something like while it's moving files because I'm not going to sit here for 10, 15 minutes, you know. So I jumped on my Xbox and started going through Game Pass and see what they had available. And the sequel to Wolfenstein was available. Wolfenstein Youngblood. Basically, BJ Blackwoods got married, had twin daughters. BJ disappears and his daughters go to find him. And I just love the fact that it takes place in Nazi, 1980s Nazi Europe. And it's nothing. And, I, and the music is so 80s synthwave, it's not even funny. I kind of want a soundtrack to the game to listen to. So I've been playing... Which game was this again? Wolfenstein Youngblood. Oh, right. Right, sorry. Just yeah. My mind blinked for a second. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the few Bethesda games I enjoy. I still don't like what they did to Dune. They turned it into a running gun, and I'm just like, I don't like running guns. Like that. To me, Wolfenstein is not a running gun to me. It just feels like your normal uh, first-person shooter, so... And my usual Sunday nights of playing um, Borderlands, the pre-sequel, which is kind of fun. 
and that's basically what I've been up to uh, during my free time and so forth. Um, let's see, next week, well, we'll see what else is going on. Um, let's see, housekeeping. Don't forget, our podcast is now available on Anchor FM. And I know a few of you have had to re-download the episodes, jump from one feed to another. I apologize for that. I'm just trying to compress everything under one site. And I'll say to everybody that's been, check out the podcast on Google Podcasts, iTunes, Pocket Cast, everything. Y'all are amazing people, and I really appreciate you guys listening to the episodes and subscribing and stuff. We really appreciate that, so... I. Especially me. Uh, let's see what else is in housekeeping. Uh, Zenkai Con is coming up, so I will. You will be seeing along along the the, the crawl here. Um, bookings for Wild Spice Photography and Life Photography. I will have their email, their contact infos posted in the little free square right below. Um, links where you can donate money to us if you like the show. And if you donate money to us, the money doesn't go to us going to conventions. No. Any money you donate to the show goes to make sure that the feed stays active, the hosting stays active, the domains stay active, all that stuff. That's what that's what the money does, and I appreciate that because we don't really ask for much. Um, in the next few weeks, it's may this episode may happen. It might happen before Zenkai, but I have a feeling it's going to happen after. In regards to our last week's episode about uh, Katsukon, I think it's time for yet another uh, Anime Jam Session Roundtable podcast. And I think we're going to talk about some of the issues in the cosplay community, how we kind of need to not just police ourselves, but things we can do to make it the, the, the things a little bit better for the rest of us. And issues in the community, conventions and stuff like why is this happening, more or less? More details on that to come. So now that we got that out the way, let's go to our first topic of the night. Oh, Mako-chan, they're coming after you. They're coming after you, you perv. Yeah, so uh, we've spoken about this before, but uh, it looks like Interspecies Reviewers is being... Uh, taken off of yet another TV station. Um, so it looks like after airing its sixth episode out of a plan 12, um, we got the issues with uh, the... Uh, da, 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 da. Where was I? Oh yeah, so um, after the sixth episode of a plan 12, which... Uh, I guess, aired last Saturday, I believe. Um, so three days after that, uh, the anime interspecies reviewers was dropped by Kobe's Sun TV. Uh, so their Twitter account uh, stated, regarding the suspension of interspecies reviewers broadcast on Sun TV, Due to the circumstances of Sun TV parent company, Sun Television Corporation, for the broadcast of the interspecies reviewers on Sun TV will be suspended. If the phrasing sounds familiar, it's because mm. the tweet is basically just a word-for-word -word exact tweet a copy of the one sent out after Tokyo MX, the Tokyo area late-night broadcaster, dropped the anime. And that decision came on February 7th, following episode four. 
So that means that there is only one free broadcast TV station still carrying interspecies reviewers, which is Kyoto's KBS Kyoto, which airs the anime at about 2.10 a.m. So, yeah, if you're willing to shell out money, uh, they do have it on paid sites, uh, uh, paid cable and satellite stations for the uncensored version. Um, And, uh, yeah, so it's BS11 on paid cable satellite or paid satellite anime channel ATX. So, obviously, there's been a lot of mixed reviews. Um, Basically saying, you know, the anime, it does have animated porn after all. Um, It's time on Sun TV has come and gone. Oh, yeah, uh, come on, interspecies reviewers, and uh, various uh, instances of phrasing. <laughs> come again? Yeah. Uh, basically, um, BS11 is a paid satellite service, and it's only carrying the censored version. Suggests that there's a limit to how provocative of content. Um, will be shown uh, in the country. And I mean, this is, you've got to admit, this is a country that actually censors their porn. Mm. Well, there is a law behind that. And there is, there is a a seven episode series on Netflix called The Naked Director, which basically is the actual history of Japanese porn industry starting in the 80s. It's a mm-hmm. true story. And if you watch this, you'll understand why it, Japanese porn is censored and so forth. You know, it's actually pretty good. So, Oh, tough break. There's always Pornhub. How do you think I've been watching the episodes? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, well, so, I, I mean, the, it just, it surprises me given the laws that Japan has that they are censoring their porn, but this is an anime that is not labeled as porn, so they've been getting away with it until obviously people have been complaining about it. There's no way that these companies would take this show off of the air if people were not complaining about it. It's, you know, it's in a way, it's so different from, like, the violent video games here in the U.S. from the late 90s. I, I, I put it this way. It's all fun and games, until it's in your house. Then we have a problem. And mm. I, I'll say, you know, people are giving Funimation grief because of the other titles that are hentai-ish or etchy-ish or fan service-ish that they're showing, but they're kind of backing away from interspecies reviewers. I'll say it again. And we've discussed this before. When they get when they, when they get these animes, they don't have that much time to view the episode and get things going. A lot of times they may get the scripts ahead of time. And sometimes from the scripts, you really don't know what is going on. And also, there's a difference between when you watch a TV show or a movie or whatever. And we've seen them. Shows where, you know, where a couple is having sex. It's the scene alludes to it, whether it's consensual or non-consensual. It's alluded to it. 
there's a difference when you see outright fucking, you know? There is a difference. And when it gets to that, you really can't show that. Now, let's be real. If Interspecies Reviewers was a straight-up 12-episode OVA that went directly that went directly to DVD or Blu-ray, I don't we wouldn't think... wouldn't be having this conversation, e- Exactly. I, I mean, we probably would have a similar conversation because it's still going to be in the home, but it's available for purchase anywhere for coming into the house. So, you know, it's a slight difference, but it won't... But the debacle won't be as bad. And again, as I've said, I don't... I will not post, like, links on my personal Facebook for this type of stuff because I do support the industry and I have said it before there are times I will acquire anime some means but I will go out and buy the box sets or buy merch to support it and once I have like actual legal copies of it whatever alternative copies I have will be deleted again but as it was mentioned before you got Pornhub everybody goes to freaking Pornhub who am I to say, you know, don't, you know, don't go to Pornhub. It's going to be there. And let's be real. I think a lot of times it's a lot easier to go to Pornhub to watch your etchy anime and your hentai as opposed to going around finding alternate sites to download it in hopes there is enough people to keep the link going for you to acquire it. Just saying. We'll be back to the days of broken up in three parts on YouTube. Hmm. I'm still coming across those. There are people who are pulling those, their old, those episodes down and re-uploading them in full episodes. Hmm. Hell, if you're lucky, sometimes they put HD remasters. Ooh, getting extra fancy. I hmm. mean, yeah. I mean, I don't want to kind of go off the beaten path, but on those torrenting sites, you will find people who have XYZ series and these formats and then you'll see somebody else with XYZ series and then you'll see DVD rip or Blu-ray rip you know it's like and sometimes I think fan subbers are getting a little lazy because they're just ripping commercial stuff and just putting it out there as opposed to sitting there translating it and doing it all fancy like they used to do back in the day but times have changed gotta move on Alright, right now I, sh- I kind of should be at the movies participating in Love Life Fest, but I'm not because, number one, I, w- I would not have been able to make it to go because I worked late tonight, so I would have been pissed off. And it probably been a cu- an issue at work. I would have said, look, I already got plans tonight. This is going to take more than an hour to do, so we got to do this another time. And I'm going, I already know what's going to go on with it. I would have liked to have been there because I know a few friends that are going and I don't see them all that often. So I'm going to work with some stuff. So, you know, so the reason why I bring this up is the article about Love Live Sunshine, Chika uh, Takami. Not my favorite character, but she's good. Basically, the issue that we have here is that she is she is basically being a ambassador for the agricultural groups Nishi Nishira Mikan, 
which is a Japanese citrus growing in the region's Nishiura district. Now, if you watch the show, you know her her things are oranges, and that's basically what this is, a type of citrus fruit. The problem is, when they did the, the artwork for this and put it out there, her skirt was a little bit shorter than it should be. And it looks like she you can see what type of underwear that she is wearing. And that kind of caused a problem left and right. Even though, between Muse and Alcors, there's like 17 bazillion different outfits that shows outlandish. That's kind of revealing, but yet people are kind of losing their minds over this. Which I do understand, because they have her as an ambassador. And the ambassador shouldn't be wearing something as such in doing so with this they actually have a cosplayer there as her character and you're just like wait what so basically the netizens aren't too happy about this they're not too thrilled and it's been going kind of back and forth about about this causing some type of controversy comments such as I can't believe it why isn't anyone saying this is bad can't they sell produce without sex? Shouldn't her lovable personality be enough without having to make her skirt transparent? Were they trying to pass this off as a crease? That's diluted. Pleated skirts don't naturally cling to the body like this. Now, for the record, I'm on a couple of Love Live uh, Facebook groups. I did. I somehow this missed my radar. I was seeing something about some type of controversy, and I couldn't figure out what it was. So I'm going to assume it was this. Now. When these comments came up, artists commented back saying this is more or less a normal thing. Saying that the crotch was an actual crease visible on the outside of the skirt. And in the article that Ari linked, you can see an eight different examples of how that's possible. Now, personally, I, I mean... I've watched enough anime. I've done enough photography. I don't three through like half of these um, photo angles. I don't see this normally. I really don't. Even when I'm looking at fan art or I'm looking at models and stuff like that, I don't normally see this where they're posing a way where the skirt is bunched up. I generally don't see that. Then again, when you're doing taking pictures, they're going to kind of adjust his skirt and make it look nice and neat. Just say. It's uncommon but not completely unheard of. Basically. One um Twitter user, um Mahomi Official, I believe if I'm looking at it correctly, posted an updated version of the image where Chica's skirt is longer the way it should be. And, and from looking at it, I, th I think that's a, lot, a much better job. Now, because of the controversy, all the signage for, the, for this have been taken down. And this was about a week ago. And all the signage for this, for this was at a mall in Japan at a place called Numazu Court. And basically, you know, it's been kind of chaotic back and forth. 
Now, as we see here, as per the promotional team that's responsible for this, Chica's role as Nishiura Mikan Ambassador is designed to, to boost the sales of the fruit, which is a good thing. But, let's, but on the plus side, it, this was somehow very successful that these limited edition boxes of the fruit with her face on it completely sold out. Even though the rented space for this event, for this, is not, not there, all this merch, all the fruit and stuff sold, which is really good. Now, I believe, like the following day, yeah, the next day after all of this, the official Lalaport Numazu website published a formal announcement in regards to the promotion being canceled. They basically said, regarding the promotional display panel, we have terminated the display as of yesterday for various reasons. We apologize to all the Love Life and Sunshine fans who are looking forward to seeing it. We ask you for your understanding. While the apology is addressed to the fans of the anime and not to the people who lodged a complaint about it, the removal of the display was a victory for some people and a defeat, defeat for the fans. Now, the assemblyman for Tokyo's Otaku Oda Ward, who probably calls himself an otaku from Otaku, Minoru Ogino, basically said that he found that the collaboration between all of this and the protests from the public in regards to this was quite disappointing. And he, and he tweeted his own thing about it. And, you know, and I totally get it, but you got to look at it, me personally, you got to look at it from both sides. I mean, personally, I see nothing wrong with this. If I was in a position where I had to see how this was going to, how people going to react, I would have been like, yeah, we can't have this up. That, that, that's just me. Now, after this, all after all this hubbubaloo happened, an online petition popped up over, with over 6,000 people at, calling for the whole panel display to be reinstated at this mall. If you get the fans uh, pissed off enough, they will stand up and do it. And now what was interesting is that this was done on change.org, which kind of surprised the living daylights out of me. Which also means it'll go absolutely nowhere because it's change.org. Well, I wouldn't say that because a few days after all of this, it's, it's been reinstated. Who's, and I guess sometimes you piss off enough anime, enough otakus, they'll band together and do and and fight for what's right for them. So basically, the displays are back. They have more of the limited edition fruit, and people are more or less happy. You know. And according to the person who created the petition, says that he's been contacted by the people that are behind the, the event and so forth, saying that Chika Takami will be their spokes character and this will continue on. So, it, it, in the end, it turned out to be pretty well. Let's just hope that they will reissue brand new banners and signage where the skirt is more or less drawn properly, you know? Yeah. All right. Let's see what's next up on the docket here. Ah, Ari. Transformers, my friend. Transformer rollout. 
<clears throat> so yeah, Netflix unveiled a new trailer and cast listing for the upcoming Transformers War for Cyber War for Cyber Cybertron mm-hmm. trilogy siege on, on this past Saturday. Polygon Pictures animated series and Rooster Teeth is producing. The series of six 22-minute episodes will be on Netflix this year, and Netflix is teasing two more series, including Earthrise, next. So it begins in the final hours of the devastating civil war between Autobots and Decepticons. The weather tore apart their home world. Their home planet of Cybertron is at a tipping point. Two leaders, Optimus Prime and Megatron, both want to save the world and unify their people, but only on their own terms. In an attempt to end the conflict, Megatron's fourth interior using the AllSpark, the source of all life and power on Cybertron, to reformat the Autobots, thus unifying Cybertron. Outnumbered and outgunned and under siege, the battle-weary Autobots orchestrate a desperate series of constructs on a mission that, if everything somehow goes right, will, uh, will end in an unthinkable choice. Kill the planet in order to save it. Uh, let's see, we've got Jake Fauci as Optimus Prime. Uh, let's see who goes. Uh, Todd Haberkorn as Shockwave and Red Alert. Uh, Bill Rogers as Wheeljack. And uh, let's see, Miles Luna as Teletran 1 and Cliffjumper. So, Rooster Teeth is producing the Transformers ser- uh, trilogy. Uh, F.J. DeSanto is a showrunner who re- worked on Titans Return, Power of the Primes. And contributors will include George Christick from Megas XLR. His name I haven't heard in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gavin Hignite from Cyberverse and Brandon Easton of Agent Carter and Transformers Rescue Bots. Got a lot more star power behind that. I thought it was. It might be worth checking out. Now, he... It- Here's what I here's an interesting thing, you know. Now I had shared the trailer to my Facebook, and I was telling a few friends, "Yeah, y'all gotta come through and check this out." But um, what had happened was uh, one of my friends is a voice actor in the industry, uh, Bill Rogers. Some of y'all may know him as Brock from Pokemon. Is Wheeljack in this series, and he actually said. Is that Wheeljack or is that some Wheeljack? And he posted an article where it broke down who's doing who, and I was just like, "Holy crap!" So I'm proud of him. I think that's really good. And I also like the fact that it's three movies, and the runtime of the first movie is like two hours and ten minutes. So I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be good." I think that's gonna be a day I'm going to. Adjust my futon into couch mode. Big old thing of popcorn and some soda. I'm gonna settle in and enjoy the enjoy the hell out of this. I don't. The fact I'm I kind of wish they had gotten the original voices back for Megatron and Prime, but the voices that they got and how it's going and how they're setting it, I kind of like that. So it's okay. All right, Mako-chan, let's talk about your fandom. Yeah, so uh, Sailor Moon is getting a an ice skating show. Mm-hmm. Um, which, not for nothing, I'm really excited about and hope it tours. Um, but, yeah. It'll be um, a lot better than the progressive on ice commercials. Yeah. Yeah. So the show is called Sailor Moon Prism on Ice. And it's going to be starring Evgina Medvedeva, 
which is the Russian figure skater that cosplayed a Sailor Moon through one of her shows um, a couple of years back. So she's actually going to be Sailor Moon in this show. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the whole thing is going to be on ice. It's going to run from June 5th to June, to June 7th in Yokohama. Um, I know that there is a list of other people that will be doing this series. And I'm really, really excited to see it because they brought Anza back. I know. I was like, what? So Anza is going to be Queen Serenity. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Anza is actually one of the original uh, Sailor Moon... uh, One of the original Sailor Moons from Saramio. Yup. She's got an amazing voice. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that they're bringing her back to do a show like this, which is, you know, so different and so original. Um, I, I, I'm really hoping that they are having her actually sing. Um, I don't know that this is actually a musical. Um, I, 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 and I, go on, go on. Well, no, because I do know that the person that is playing Sailor Moon is an ice skater, not a musician. So she's... I know that she like if they if it is a musical or if there is talking, I'm going to be assuming that her voiceover is going to be done by somebody else. Yeah, she might have some decent chops, but to be perfectly honest, with all the energy that she had to put into skating, I don't think she's going to be able to do both, which I totally get, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm kind of reminded of like, you remember... Disney Ice Capades, Disney on Ice back in the day, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember those. I mean, this what this reminds me of. Sailor Moon on Ice. I mean, this is amazing. I'm kind of hoping somebody actually records this and just posts it online. Or maybe if we're lucky, like, how they had one of the, the modern Sailor Mews in, in theaters for, like, a one-day run. Maybe we'll get something like that. I'm kind of hoping, because I would love to see this. Yes, this is definitely one that I really want to see. One, I really, really enjoy ice skating. Um, yeah, so don't say Mako. For that, hmm? Yeah, don't say Mako. Yeah. Um, so ice skating is actually uh, one of my preferred watching sports. And uh, just the fact that there is the whole thing with... Uh, Makoto being an you know being a really good ice skater mm-hmm. and Sailor Moon in her past was a good ice skater and all of that um, I just I am really looking forward to see this and I would love to actually see this live me too fam sounds me like it'd too. be a lot of fun it would <clears throat> maybe, oh, maybe if we're lucky they'll it'll be a, they'll probably put it on on blu-ray or DVD and I'll, I probably will import it or something or maybe mm-hmm. if maybe due to if the sales of of um Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Diamond is Unbreakable live action is really successful, maybe they'll if it goes on Blu-ray or something they'll publish it or something. Mm. That would be cool. I got I'm my sorry, copy I, of that. I, I just thought of Did you Jojo. watch it yet? Did I? No, I haven't watched it yet. Okay. 
I was going to wait until you came out to do my computer, but since I don't know when you're coming out to do my computer, I don't know that I'm going to wait. Well, I, 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 I started already... thinking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventures on Ice. and <laughs> Oh! Oh, I can just see Jotaro on, on skates just all the way back, just, just skating by, you know? See, not for nothing. Or just that everyone, would... po- like, striking JoJo poses while... Not, not actively seeing, just gliding by me. I was like... Well, no, that would be a really interesting show because there are a lot of very athletic male skaters that can do, you know, various jumps and, you know, things like that that are not actually allowed in competition. So to see a show of actual acrobatic ice skating would actually be really freaking cool. I know. Oh, so, that, so that's not just a crazy fever dream I just had. And then here comes Dio on the Zamboni machine. <laughs> <laughs> you thought this was going to be a dance-off, but it was me, Dio! <laughs> In this version, his stand is gritty. <laughs> no. <laughs> I should post it on my Facebook. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure on Ice. Featuring featuring Dio and his Zamboni machine. (laughs) Which reminds me, when I was at work today, it was actually people... It was raining today, and there were people actually ice skating. I'm just like, above? That I'm not surprised, only because if they're paying enough money to come into New York during this time, they're going to do what they want to do. It's supposed to be raining tomorrow, and my ass is walking around the city, so... Lordy, lordy, lord. Okay, well, not really walking around the city. I'm gonna go to the theater, and then from there, I'm gonna go and get a shit ton of Kit Kats. Mm. Let, <laughs> let me know what you find. Exotic, fla- exactly, flavored Kit Kats? Yes. Just so you know, the Hershey Place is not in the same location. It's a couple of blocks on the other side now. Well, that's fine, as yeah. long as it's within walking distance. It's actually, if I think if I'm not mistaken, if you look across the street from the theater, when you exit, you'll see it. Okie dokie. So I figure we'll probably do that before meeting up for dinner. Mm-hmm. Because I plan on going there and then going to Nintendo. Sounds like a plan. Anyway. Yeah, moving right along. Okay. This, see, this, one's... Oh, this is mine. Yep. So, uh, let's... Oh, I so forgot stu... to put that in there. Whoops. Which uh, Studio Ghibli suddenly yeah, has 30... I'll fix that real quick. Yeah, go on, go on, go on, go on. Go on. Uh, Studio Ghibli suddenly has 38 albums of anime music available on Spotify, Apple Music, and the like. Yeah, yeah, it's sudden, but, you know, it was... You know, fans are, you know, really excited about this, obviously. Uh, let's see. So on February 21st, music from the collected films of Studio Ghibli is now available in music streaming, in music streaming subscription services like Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Play Music, and YouTube Music. Uh, if anyone Let Out Leaning Studio isn't limiting the online selection to a handful of greatest hits, it's 38 albums and nearly 700 tracks. Uh, whew, that's a long list. So basically, if it's a Studio Ghibli movie, it's on here. 
uh, 14 image albums with music by some of Ghibli's most popular films, and double-sized collection of vocal songs from the studio's movies. Let's see, between this and Ghibli's recent anime streaming agreements with Netflix and HBO, it looks like the studio is finally moving past its reluctance to distribute art digitally, though you'll still have to make an actual trip to the theater inside the Ghibli Museum in Tokyo if you want to see the Totoro mini-sequel or the latest thing Hayako Miyazaki has directed. Did you say Hayako? Hayao Miyazaki. Okay, okay, right. You talk good. <laughs> now, here's the interesting thing. Um, there are some people that are saying that these albums are not available outside of Japan on Spotify. Like physical hard copies? No, the streams. It's oh, not right. available outside of Japan. There's a couple of people who have said they've, they've spotted them on, spot, on, on Apple Podcast, on Apple Music. Okay. Um, and that's basically is it. Uh, I don't, if, I would assume that they're also on Spotify, but I would say check, check it out. You know, hey, any reason to get a Japanese account to check, to listen to it, go for it, you know? Which reminds me, you know, uh, lo-fi hip-hop music to study with got suspended. But they came back. Yeah. I mean, there have been times I put that on because it's just, it's just nice, refreshing music, you know, it just feels good. Alright, uh, let me move along to the next topic here. If it'll go through, which it should. It should. Let me try it again. There we go. On, on a sad note tonight, we're reporting that the co-founder of the first Star Trek convention, Elise Rosenstein, has passed away. This is coming from a group called File 770. Uh, basically, her and and basically four other women, Joyce Yasner, Joan Winston, Linda Denneroff, and Deborah Langsam, the five of them organized the very first Star Trek convention that was held in New York City in 1972. It wasn't. It was not only the first media convention. It was the biggest sci-fi convention to a date by a considerable margin. Well, given that it's New York City, it was really good, you know. Mm-hmm. And she was around for the uh, the Star Trek convention that was at the Javits Center, which commemorated the 50th anniversary of Star Trek being on NBC, which was really cool. Now, on a side note, people saying that uh, Lucille Ball is considered the admiral of Star Trek because. She financially backed the show and it was done at her Desilu Production Studios as well. And I think that was really awesome. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. She was 69 when she passed and she survived by her son, Michael. She was quoted here as to say something as regards to File 770, who discussed some of this. Um, the quote goes, For some unknown reason, I turned to her and said, Wouldn't it be neat just to have a science fiction for just Star Trek? And she turned to me and said, yeah, we can invite 500 of our most intimate friends, she explained. If she said this was a terrible idea, none of this would have happened. And I think her involvement in this really helped what we have with conventions nowadays. So I think it, I think this is something that's very pivotal in convention history, in geek convention history. So. Which reminds me, I eventually have to do... Um, 
I actually have to get around to doing uh, Jordi LaForge soon. Eventually, it'll happen. Nice. I just figured I have to figure out a way to kind of make his visor. I just figured, you know, have something that I just clip onto my existing glasses. It'll work. I actually mm-hmm. ran into something that actually did that. I thought it was really cool. All right. And speaking of conventions, ugh, more crap. Oh, it's oh, oh yes, this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, Demon Slayer cosplayer outrage at the be given Nezuko cap at event. <clears throat> so cosplayers are some of the most talented individuals on the planet as they recreate costumes from popular culture such as anime and video games and literally bring characters to life. Some outfits can take days, weeks, and even months of finish and perfect, just showing just how dedicated some people are to the crap. And uh, 24-year-old cosplayer Faye Argenum attended Katsukon 2020 as Demon Slayer's sister Nezuko Kamado, and was left stunned if their group of girls gave her a cap ticket because there were too many outfits of the character at the convention. Mm. On February 20, she shared a screen cap of her friend Ubehime's Instagram story, which showed a photograph of the cosplayer holding a ticket, which read Nezuko Cosplay Cap 3, alongside the caption, Real talk, some girls are handing these dumb tickets out saying her to Nezuko, and I'm like, Who the fuck are you? Oh, so it's not being done by staff, right? No, no. All right, so here's the thing. What, a friend of mine actually started this whole thing. This actually came up out of one of the uh, convention groups, I would say back around October, November. Like, there was a cap for Nezuko cosplayers. And from that, there was a Nezuko after-party event that was going on. Now, I knew this was a joke. But... Not everybody realizes that this is a joke. I mean, at Katsukon, you got people coming in from all over, and they're not in all of the groups. I actually thought this was like a running joke between, you know, everybody in this group here, and those who were cosplaying Nezuko. I just, like I said, I thought it was, you know, staff being dicks to no. uh, Nezuko cosplayers. I don't know why I thought that, but apparently, st- like, stuck up, you know, snooty other cosplayers somehow didn't cross my mind. Right. Now, again, like I said, not everybody knew of this and they just handed it to her. One of my friends was kind of upset that she didn't get one because she knew about the joke. I thought that these girls who did this to to this cosplayer actually explained to her what that it's a running joke and so forth. I don't think she would have been as upset, but on her Twitter feed, she re- on her Twitter, she did figure out later it was a running joke and she had a better understanding of it. It's like, you know, it's like you say something and people find it funny and they run with it and you turn and you're like, you did what? Oh, this... And speaking of fandoms, I, I think I leave the very last article for Mako because I think oh I, I think this is kind of sort of right up her alley. Kind of sort of. Between you and her. Yeah, this one um, I didn't put in the show lineup mm-hmm. because I just, as soon as I started reading it, was ranting. Um, but, but, given yeah, the does, time, but given hmm? the time that we're running, we have time to rant for a little bit. 
Yeah, so uh, does anime need to start being more politically correct for overseas audiences? Twitter debates. Um... Uh, so l- let me let me go with what is on here, and then I will get into my rant. There you go. Um, so Japanese animation has a long reputation for pushing the boundaries of what's acceptable. But is it pushing too far these days? It used to be conceived, produced, and consumed pretty much all within the confines of Japan. Uh, occasionally, a series would be licensed for overseas dis- distribution, but... You know, it was usually rewritten, uh, the characters were given new names, and, you know, everything was cut to hell. So, starting in the 90s, all of a sudden, things changed, and the stories were being kept the same, and as time progressed, um, not only were the stories being kept the same, but the names were being kept the same, um, things were being kept and... uh, in more of a Japanese style and access was becoming easier and easier because of that. There's now an an increased debate as to whether or not anime needs to be more concerned with the idea of political correctness. Um, So a lot of people ended up chiming in on this. Um, Basically my take Mm -hmm. is This is Japan's animation. Mm -hmm. Whatever the hell they want to do, they can do it. If a company in a different country doesn't want to have that show, then they just don't license that show. It should not be up to Japan to censor themselves for people outside of their country. Yeah. I actually agree. I feel that they should be a little mindful and taken into consideration. But if these changes are going to affect the source or how things are going, then I don't think you should do it. To be perfectly honest, when I read this, the first thing I came to mind was NCIS. Now, if you watch NCIS, you see... They go after different races on a regular basis. Storylines are good, but the character depictions, not so much. So in certain Middle Eastern countries, you might not even see this show because of that. But it kind of reflects more or less to what we know and what goes on here and how well it plays out, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there are going to be themes in the series Mm -hmm. that don't translate well. Um, At the same time, we have taken series like that Mm -hmm. and were given the ability to basically do what we wanted to and made jokes out of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um literal jokes anyway but there are going to be certain things that come out in a country that don't necessarily mesh well with other countries yep um marvel and dc are american comics 
they go to other countries and are translated for these other countries. And then these other countries kind of run with their own stuff with it too. Mm -hmm. And we do the same. Um, Another good example, if you, you can find it on YouTube, Turkish Star Wars. Or any kind of, like... They like, redid Star Wars and made it more heavily in the aspect of, if you want to be a Jedi, you have to be a Muslim. That's basically what it is when you watch it and you see with the subtitles and stuff. That yeah, aspect there, yeah, is not like, in the our original, but it kind of parallels, if you think about it. There are some South American, like Southern, like Southern European, you know, versions of a uh, st- of stuff that we've made, and uh, they're pretty insane, mm-hmm. bordering on nonsensical. Yeah, there's like a, a Hindi uh, uh, Bollywood movie with, uh, I think, Wonder Woman and Superman and they're dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah, Turkish Star Wars is just a jumping off point. Yes. And I mean, I think it's an amazing thing. I would not tell Japan, hey, you can't make a manga about Buddha and Jesus. Not for I, I'm, I'm not going to be the one to tell them they can't do that. They can do whatever the hell they want. Just, uh, know, doesn't just, mean know that, just know that it might clash with our comic book about Buddha and Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, not for nothing. When it comes to Buddha, who are we to tell them what we... Yeah, no, right. That's what I'm saying, you know? It's just, you know, everybody, as long as they're not destroying things completely, mm-hmm. should be able to take what they want and either put it into their country or just accept it as it is. Um, I absolutely love what Japan did for Powerpuff Girls. As do I. I thought that was really good. It was an amazing series. I really wish it would have come here translated. Um, I do know that there is a Canadian English translation. Yeah, yeah. It was on Cartoon Network International. That's Mm -hmm. where they showed it, you know. But, I mean, that was a really good series, and they did really well. And the reason why they did really well is because they actually got Powerpuff Girls' creator to help them. That and, if you think about it, Magical Girls is an instant seller. So they Mm -hmm. reformulate Powerpuff Girls like as if they were Magical Girls. That made it sell like hotcakes. So... And I mean, and, you know, we've done the same thing. Big O was not popular in Japan. Mm-hmm. The United States is what made Big O popular, mm-hmm. enough that they actually created a second season which for us. Which didn't go as well. And don't forget, well, no, but, don't forget, you know, that, no, that kind of happens. The idea of Batman and a giant robot really caught on in this country. Hey, don't forget uh, Sonic X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sonic X did so well in France that they actually created a third season. It's completely out there. It really is so freaking weird. I could not watch it because all of a sudden they go to space for some reason. Um, but, you know, they, they took it and they ran with it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's awesome. Two all over again. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I think that's freaking awesome. And in that same vein, I don't think any one country should have to, you know, say, well, I can't do this because it won't go well over in another country. You screw it. Do what you want. And if we like the premise enough, then, you know, we're going to bring it here. And if we don't, then we'll just steal the idea. <laughs> I mean, um, now, as I, as, now, as I'm looking at this article, there's a point being made here. If you're looking at the cre staff credits for anime, I feel like you could say it's not, it isn't made only by teams that are 100% Japanese anymore. It's going to be the case more and more, which is true. You got people outside of Japan wanting to make animations and do anime, breaking in. And what's going to happen is, as more non-Japanese people get into the industry, they're going to add a little bit of an influence here and there. It's going to happen. All well, I'm, that's ju that's but, just it, though. Yeah. They don't have to go to Japan to make these... Here's the thing. They feel that's where they have to go. Look, it's, in a way, it's sort of like telling... It's like cosplayers going to Capsicon with the mindset of... They're going to go to Katsukon, get their picture taken, and they're going to become overnight sensations and be popular. <laughs> you go do that. You go do that. If that's what you believe, go do it. Like, like that's my issue. If you want to go there to study, that's mm -hmm. one thing. Mm -hmm. If you want to go there thinking that you're going to be able to create something and do as well in that country then that's where your issue is. You know, unless you have studied the country, mm -hmm. unless you study the history, mm -hmm. know the ins and outs of what is acceptable or not, taking on something like that in a different country is completely different than, you know, trying to be politically correct. You yeah. are faking it until you make it. Yeah, it's it's like I it's like I said earlier. So, as long as they take it consideration information, that's it. If if they take it consideration, what other what changes they could do? If it's going to heavily affect the original source material and take a lot out of it, then don't do it. Keep it as original as possible. And if somebody going to complain about it, let them complain. They don't have to read it. To watch it. So like, I just I, I just find it weird that there are people going to other countries when you know we have to outsource our animation because mm -hmm. nobody does freaking animation in the in this country anymore. Yep. So much cheaper to do it abroad. Yeah, which is mm -hmm. you know, it's stupid. We should not be giving up the 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 whole creativity of doing something like that by hand i mean i absolutely love certain um digital animation types of things um digital movies things like that but i'm always going to be you know mesmerized by all of these cartoons that were done by hand you know, various cells and everything that went into it and being able to see the various things that had to be done. And yet people are going to various countries because, you know, oh, well, we don't want to do that here anymore. Mm -hmm. So we're going to, you know, we're just going to have Toei do all of our animation for us. It was like that in 
look, early and early on cartoons, it was like that. So you know. Oh yeah, I I know, but oh. we got to a point where we were starting to do our own animation, and then went, ah, well, we don't want to do this anymore. Mm. Look where that got us. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. know a lot of the cartoons I used to watch when I was little, and I'm talking like Rainbow Bright mm-hmm. and crap like that. That was all animated out of Toei. Yeah. Transformers, G.I. Joe the movie, if you remember Bionic 6. Anything that said... Morning cart- they said in morning toy commercials that had cartoons. Anything that had in the end credits that said animation to be a TMS or Sunbow, that's anime. Technically, that's anime, so... Anywho, are we done uh, kind of giving our two cents on this? Or in this case, I think we gave like 20 bucks. Yeah. I, I think yeah. So. All right. Well, let's go right ahead and get into Strange. Uh, meanwhile, in Japan. I will take the first story. I'll take the last one, I guess. Okie dokie. Loki. Now, if I can just get it to load, that would be nice. Sometime today. There we go. First story on the docket from Meanwhile in Japan. I, Reflection Stalker, who assaulted Idol, says he would like to do everything he can for her. What the fuck? And I mean anything. Stop it, you're creeping me out. <laughs> On September 1st, an idol singer was attacked while returning to a condo in Tokyo. As she was about to enter her home, an assailant came up from behind and pushed her through the doorway and into the entryway. He then pulled her to the ground, gagged her with a towel, and groped her, inflicting physical injuries that took one week to heal. The man, then a 26-year-old obsessed fan named Hibiki Sato, was taken into custody by the police, who learned that he lived in Saitama City, which is 20 miles away from the victim's home in Tokyo. Since dangerous fans are a major concern for idol singers in Japan, most performers and their talent agencies oh, let me stop this. And their talent agencies keep their home addresses a tightly guarded secret. But Sato said he'd been able to determine where his target lived by looking at the selfies she posted on social media. Okay. Alright. Uh, now, there are, t- like, there was a Mio Akiyama uh, fan gr- Facebook group I'm in. They posted a, a picture of her, and I looked at the background, I'm like, oh, that's Times Square. I know where that is. I knew because I walked past this on a regular basis. There are times I see certain things, I'm like, oh, that's that. This is that. I've walked past it. I've hung out there. I've done this. I've done that. But I, I think he's just using his powers for evil at this point. Now, he was able to do this by the reflection in her eyes surrounding the scenery and outdoor shots. It's sort of like seeing a reflection of somebody's glasses. I'm just like, wow. It just gets even worse and worse, doesn't it? (sighs) Yeah. From that, he was able to discern which station she commuted from. And with that knowledge, he lay in wait on the night of the attack until he spotted the idol and followed her home. Sato's conviction was a foregone conclusion, and on Wednesday, the uh, of last week, both the prosecution and the defense minister made their final pre-sentencing statements to presiding judge 
Goichi Nishino in Tokyo District Court. The prosecution is seeking a prison sentence of five years, saying that Sato's actions are beyond the boundaries of what is acceptable fan behavior. <laughs> Who are you trying to kid? The defense, meanwhile, is requesting that Sato be punished with probation, but no jail time. Sato himself also spoke at the hearing, saying, My actions in this incident have damaged the victim's idols, activities, of course, and her daily way of life. I would like to do everything I can for the victim. Ordinarily, an offer to provide any assistance or comfort possible to the victim of a violent crime would be a compassionate gesture, but it's a little less admirable when the one making the offer is neither the committed the crime, and especially when the crime involves respecting neither the sanctity of the victim's body or home. As such, it seems unlikely that Sato's words will earn him any extra clemency from Nishino, who is scheduled to hand down the sentence tomorrow. And if we have an updated story on this, we'll bring it right through. In the meantime, remember to think carefully about what you post on social media, whether it's a picture of your eyes or a delicious crab dinner you found lying on the street. Now, if he truly is sorry for what he's done, he should get a reduced sentence, but he shouldn't get probation. I mean, it's what I mean, what he went through to track her. No, that that's not probation. I'm sorry, that is not probation. He should do some jail time. That's my that's my take. Yeah, if he's if he's out on probation and doesn't get any jail time, he'll he might presume it as. Oh, wow, I did this and didn't get punished for it. I can keep doing it. Or try it to somebody else. You know, that's... No. Even if you own up to the mistakes that you made and you know you were in the wrong, you still got to be... You have to own up... You have to be responsible for your actions, you know? You have to pay the cost. All right, Mako Chan, it's your turn. Uh, sure. So, there is a new cat cafe in Kyoto, um, but instead of coffees and teas, it's bubble tea and cats. Just so you know, this will be Mako-chan's last episode on the show. After a time, she'll be packing up and moving to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, tapioca tea chain Tapista and Cat Cafe Mocha are teaming up to bring the people of Kyoto a dynamic mix of both cats and caffeine. The new cafe, which is named Neko Tapi, opens its doors on February 26th, which would be actually right about now. Mm -hmm. um, the area is known for its vibrant stores, food stalls, and arcades that cohabit seamlessly with old history uh, shrines and structures. It's also usually packed with tourists, much like the rest of Kyoto, so Nekotapi should be in high demand. The proposed decor uses a gentle mint green to cusset your senses, and the geometric flair of the furniture paired with gambling cats will make for prime Insta Instagram fodder. Mm. Um, the drinks on, on sale are going to be specially crafted luxury teas from Tapista. Their drinks use a rich and flavorful black Assam tea at the base with variations such as hand-selected Kuromitsu milk and Uji matcha latte available. There's plenty to enjoy even if you opt out of their brown sugar fresh tapioca, 
Other toppings include chunky melts-in-your-mouth, apricot kernel, and strawberry foam. With soft kittens to pet and an array of fun flavors to taste, Neko Tappy promises to be a treat for all the senses. Um, yeah, I want to go. Mm. <laughs> and she's going to come back with two kitties. Yeah, maybe. Do if we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there is right now a campaign going on for its first two opening days. If you follow the, uh, official Tapista social media accounts, you will earn a 50% discount on any drink or topping. And yeah, I'm, I'm really, really wanting to go. I love bubble tea and I love cats. And yeah, I don't know that I would be able to leave without taking a cat home, or at least sneaking it in my bag to take home. So you should quit pussyfooting around and do it. Meow. <laughs> All right, and the last story of the night. Uh, the UK thinks Japanese curry is katsu curry and people aren't happy about it. If you ever had Japanese curry, you'll know how it differs from the hot, spicy curries found in other nations. Here in, in Japan, a dish of curry rice, as it's called, it comes with a roux that's light brown, much milder flavors than other curries. And what it lacks in spice makes up for in sweetness with some of the most popular varieties containing apple and honey. Easy to make from cubes sold in box packets like the one in the picture. I actually I have a box of it in my, in my cabinet. I actually have to get around to making it. That same kind of box? Similar box, but it's golden curry. That's that's the brand I have. Like little bouillon cubes? Something like that, yeah. Okay. Uh, curry rice is a staple dish in many Japanese homes, and its mild flavor means it can be easily enjoyed by people of all ages. It's such an easy dish that has appeal spread internationally, becoming a star menu item at a number of Japanese-inspired restaurants, including British West restaurant chain Wagamama, which has outs across Europe and the UAE and the United States. There's one on 23rd Street. I've been there with a friend. It's How is right. it? it? It's alright. It's it, To me, it's like, it's one of those places where you just take people there just to say you've been there. Because believe you me, there's a couple other better uh, curry places running around like Gogo Curry. So, in Japan, katsu curry has two important elements aside from the rice. The katsu and the curry. The curry is a Japanese-style roux, while the katsu... The curry is a Japanese-style roux, while the katsu means fried cutlet, a piece of bread and fried meat, usually made with pork. In recent years, people have started to call the Japanese curry roux katsu curry, even if it doesn't contain the katsu part. It's an issue that has Japanese curry lovers fired up, giving a rise to the hashtag katsu curry police, because this is a measured, measured reaction. Mm. Let's see. That's not just misinformed diners... We're signally doing big name companies are selling spices for Japanese curry roux as katsu curry in British supermarkets. And here's a whole bunch of tweets, you know, ex describing as such. And then people are using katsu as a buzzword to sell things that aren't actually katsu. Well, naked chicken katsu. Katsu being such. With katsu curry being so popular, it looks like Japanese curry just doesn't have the marketing power to sell products. Still, while curry peers are correct in pointing out the UK's common misconception, others are happy that people in, 
Others that happened to people in Britain even know it exists at all. <laughs> oh god, I'm so sorry. You I'm getting all clogged up. I trust me, I know that feel. So yeah, here we have a, an ad that says the pretty much eggplant katsu curry. Well, it's aubergine, but you know what I mean. Mm. So yeah, we, just England has to be taken to a curry school, as it were. Yes. And to point out here, uh, what Theo X seventy five says in our chat room here at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam session here in LA, they close all the curry house restaurants as a day of mourning here in Little Tokyo. Yeah, I heard about that this morning. I haven't seen it all day. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Kitty Kaboom, she actually has a Facebook event going to memorialize curry one of the curry houses because it seems that. This one particular place, a lot of like cosplayers and people in the industry will go there after AX and certain cons and stuff like that. So uh, we're probably going to post a link to that on our Facebook page so you can check it out. So and what was also cool was they did an article about this. Uh, I think CBS LA did a local local story on this, and they actually linked her event at the at the bottom of the article. I thought that was really awesome. She's gonna get a lot of people showing up for that now. I will say something about this curry thing. I just find it hilarious. Yeah. So curry is from India. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Japanese curry is actually Indian curry brought to Japan by the British. Mm. So now Japan is bitching about British curry. So you say... Is- Indian curry slash Japan curry brought to Japan by the British. So you're saying there's a little bit of hypocrisy in there? A little bit. Mm. Translation several times down the road. Yeah. Well, I mean, not for nothing, um, but all of their, you know, all, all of their ranting, all of their, you know, that's not katsu, that's not katsu. Um, hey, Japan, you have chicken flavored ramen that does not have chicken in it. <laughs> um, and the fact that you call that ramen when there is a dish called ramen that is not at all like what you portray to be ramen with a powdered soup base um, you know and, and I think every country does that when they're taking the flavors and making it something else um, I, I know here we do that a lot with uh, uh, Spanish and Hispanic food. Mm-hmm. Um, like we have tortilla soup or we have taco soup or, you know, various things like that, which obviously that's not what it is. It's just using the flavors and we understand that. This just seems to be a bunch of purists going, no, you can't do that. But here, have some, you know, chicken flavored broth and noodles. <laughs> oh, even Japan. Ramen, even the chicken instant noodles don't taste like chicken half the time. Look, I actually got um one of the Iron Chefs, Morimoto's, uh, his brand of ramen. 
I will say that is the closest to actual restaurant style ramen I have had in a long time. Yeah, I I had one of the packets. I still have one left, mm -hmm. and that actually is a really decent flavor. You want to know what it is? That brand Ichiban. They don't play. If you go in stores, whether it's Walmart, Shoprite, even Asian supermarkets, and you look at the ramen section, Nissin is like will always be twenty five, thirty five cents a package. Ichiban is like eighty nine cents a package. I understand why it's eighty nine cents a package. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I mean the the big thing with a broth like that, and this is the base of most of your various soups or stews. Um, the base is a bone broth. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of companies now are starting to do is they're making this bone broth and then boiling all the water out of it, creating a powder so that they can put that into those little packets along with all the seasonings, giving you a more robust flavor and that's where the price is coming from. Mm -hmm. Because I would rather go for one of those and get a decent flavor than go for something cheap and basically it's just nothing but salt. Yeah, and then you're yeah. mixing and adding in your own stuff. Like, honestly, I'll eat the, anything but Ichiban, Shimram, Yoon. Those two brands I'll always eat right off the top of my head. They're good. Sometimes I look at the package and I'm like, I can't believe I spent just so you know, the Morimoto ramen, do you know how much those bags are? Mm -mm. They're almost they're almost two dollars a bag. Well that doesn't that doesn't surprise me just because you know of the name. And I'm just saying I can't believe I bought this and I and I fixed it. I'm just like I understand it's so good. And now Ichiban, they actually you can actually get like Tonkot's ramen from them now. I'm just like game on. Anywho, I, I think we've talked enough about food. I think people are going to run out and do get their ramen on. While they do that, let's go ahead and wrap up the show, shall we? Yeah, yeah I'm contemplating mm -hmm. going to my Asian grocery and getting those ramens you were talking about. Yeah, I'm telling you, Ichiban is really good. So if you like the show, tell a friend. They, in turn, will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the love of it. So if you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. Check out our website at animejamsession.com where you will find links to our podcasts, convention reports, anime reviews, uh, cosplay tips and tricks, cosplay interviews, editorials, and so much more. That's animejamsession.com. And take us on the go. You can find our show, Anime Jam Session, on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Pocket Casts. You can find us all back at Anchor FM. Any app you use for to listen to podcasts, you'll find us. And what's great is that these apps will like leave reviews. So, you know, drop us a review. We'd like to know what you think of the show. And I've seen some reviews, and I, and I appreciate all the input. We'll probably go over those sometime later down the line, you know. Don't forget, we have more than that. You can find us on various social media sites. If you want to check out our convention videos, uh, youtube.com slash anime jam session. You want to know when we're going live, what conventions we're going to, things that's going on? Check us out at twitter.com slash anime jam session. 
or want to know when we're going live. Uh, you want to see some of our uh, our uh, some of our videos. If you want to see some uh, our cosplay photography and so forth, facebook.com slash anime jam session. And if you're at anime NYC, I may be uploading something special that's just for just on Facebook. It's on our YouTube, but I'm doing something special just for the Facebook peeps. So we'll go around the room. Last words, Mako-chan. What would Brian Boitano do? <laughs> <laughs> Last words, Ari. Uh, I'm so gl I'm so glad I'll have to get up for work tomorrow. I'm so tired. My last words, uh, patch for my back, and I'm gonna play some more Wolfenstein and just relax for the night. That's it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Anime Jam Session. More shenanigans and chaos. I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I am Mako-chan. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Night. Say good night, Mako-chan. Good night, Mako-chan. All right. Let me know when you get into the city. I'll be around somewhere. Will do. All right. That is it. End of list. See you next week. expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it! For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane! Okay, I am going to go ahead and